Welcome to this episode of the Life After Life podcast, Finding the Path from Grief to Peace, with me, your host, Christine Marie. I hope this episode provides some support and understanding for you in your journey. There is more information at the end of the episode to support you on your path. I hope this brings you much healing, light, and blessings. This is Christine Marie. Today, I'm inspired to talk about fear, stepping into your power, because when we're in the grips of fear, uh, we've literally surrendered all of our power. So what is fear? One time, and I'm sure many people have heard this, fear was described as false evidence appearing real. But fear can feel really real. It can really, when you know you study what fear does to the body, one of the things I did in my aromatherapy certification was I actually wrote a research paper on stress and fear. So your mind will have a fear thought and then your body will follow. It's, it's quite an amazing thing how a thought can create a feeling and then the feeling says to the body, okay, we're under attack. So fear can feel really, really, really real. And it will send a lot of physical aspects to our body, uh, including make your heart beat faster. It can churn your stomach. And that's pretty much when we're in the awareness that we're actually feeling fear. But fear can have different levels, different, um, I would say, levels of intensity. If it is a vibration, just like we can tune into a dial, we can turn it louder or turn it softer. So can any emotion have a level of intensity or not? And so when we talk about fear today, why I'm moved to talk about it is a lot of times in the process of life and even of um, the process of when we know a loved one is in the process of passing, there can be fear that we may not even be aware of. That fear of the unknown. Uh, is my loved one safe? Are they okay? How is it going to be when and if my loved one passes? Uh, especially if somebody has terminal illness. It can be very mentally and emotionally draining for the loved ones who are surviving uh, this process we call death, which uh, I really, really choose to try and use different words as we study the brain and neuroscience and how language impacts our thinking and our feelings, I'm like a, a really, really keen on trying to use words that don't trigger emotions unknowingly. And so a lot of times fear can be living underneath the surface and we can feel feelings of anxiety or restlessness and not really even know it. And in our very busy uh, busy lives being and, and doing, I mean, actually really more of our busy lives doing, when we stop, we, we feel uncomfortable. We feel, oh, this doesn't feel good. What, why don't I feel, why do I feel restless? Why do I feel uncomfortable? And that's because fear can actually live underneath the surface in a space of unawareness and, and that we would call the unconscious mind. And um, we, we also carry fear of this unknown well, well, what if? And and the brain, the brain is an amazing computer. The brain is taking things 
from all different senses of inputs, from all different memories, and is processing. You, you know, you go to bed at night, you don't have to think about making your heart beat. You don't have to think about making your cells divide. And so your brain is doing these things unconsciously as it is also processing, 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 processing data. And so when we talk about fear and we talk about life after life, it's really interesting how when we talk about past lives to people, people are usually genuinely excited to have a past life. They want to know, well, what was my life like in the past life? How is this impacting me? And how can it help me change this life? But if we do the reverse of, well, how will my passing affect me? How will it be when I go forward? It's a totally different feeling, which is kind of amazing because in my mind, what's the difference? It's, um, it's really not different. So if you're new to this podcast or you're newly on your journey and haven't heard any of what I've just said, uh, my heart goes out to you. Uh, grief is a journey. Uh, understanding that each journey is extremely personal. Each journey, um, whether, you know, depending on who it is that passed and depending how that person, what role they played in your life is going to change that grief journey. So I, I honor and respect fully where you are in your journey. And if this isn't feeling like a right conversation for you, I encourage you to go find a conversation that does find you comfort. Being new on the journey, uh, there is such a process. You know, being new on the journey is learning to walk with different skin. And that's, you know, if there's one thing you can take out of the conversation of fear is knowing that within you lies that power. Somewhere within you lies that power to take that next step, even if it doesn't feel like that today. Finding that inner strength, uh, the, the, the concept of fear, what fear does, it literally saps your power, takes all of your energy away. Um, recently, I had an experience where I was scammed. And it was the minute after I was scammed, I realized, wow, this doesn't feel right. This feels wrong. And I realized right then and there, wow, you were just scammed. But in the whole time I was being scammed, I was in total fear. And when, when I looked back retrospectively, I said, they had all my power. They took every last bit of reasoning, every last bit of common sense. And there were signs along the way in this process, this two hour ordeal that I could say I should have recognized, but I'm not a word. So I don't believe in shoulds. Um, it was a lesson and a lesson about fear and how it can really take my power and how uh, being consciously aware of when I feel fear, whether I give it my energy, whether I give it my power. And so when we talk about this concept of fear in relationship to the process we call dying, um, is my relative going to be okay? Is my loved one okay? Especially now in, in very uncertain times, fear is a, a very prominent emotion. That's why we see so much uh, what I call anxiety, people with anxious feelings. And uh, honestly, I work with many people regularly to help them realize how they can work with their feelings of anxiety naturally without, you know, really giving them any other side effects and giving them their power back. So 
fear of death. Uh, fear of death is my loved one is dying. What is that going to be like? How am I going to handle this? The mind is inquiring, going question after question. And it's, it's doing all of these things where literally you can't have the answers to those things. So in a practicality sense, what's the point of asking those questions? And again, I think in general, there wouldn't even be an awareness that those are the things that are going on inside the brain. But your brain is trying to work things out, especially if you have a loved one who is ill and, and you know that they are going to pass. Uh, there's, no, there's no way your brain won't be asking or trying to work out. It's trying to find the solution to, well, how is that going to be? And I think ultimately that creates an underlying feeling of discomfort and fear of, at least it has the potential, uh, depending on the person. It does have that potential. Some people might see uh, death as a, as a grace for somebody who's terminally ill, and others might feel, what will I do without them in my life? Can't God give me a miracle? And, and you know, in relationship to the word God, if I use God and that offends you, it's, it's a higher source. It's knowing that, remember, this is a scientific fact. We are 99.99999% energy. And from a scientific point, thermodynamics does teach that energy cannot be destroyed. It can only be transformed. And so whether you believe in God or source or just a higher power or whether you believe we just go back into a void, however it is you believe, please know I honor and respect that and would never expect anyone to believe as I believe because I believe beliefs are personal. The purpose of today's conversation is more to connect you back to your inner power. You are a very powerful being and understanding that the mind is extremely powerful. The mind can make you or break you. The mind can send you into this space of, I got this. I can handle whatever comes my way. I know it's not going to be easy, but somehow I'll manage. Or the mind can send you into, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? How am I going to live? How am I going to survive? And even feeling the difference of those energies, of those conversations, is how the power of the mind has the power to make us or break us. And so, you know, even with death, after a loved one has passed, well, what do I do now? How can I survive? I've never done this. I know I've heard conversations. I think I actually read this in a book. I'm not sure where I heard this one where a woman said she never did the books. She never did the finances and she didn't know how she was going to do this because her husband always did it. And she had created this whole idea of I'm never going to survive because I never did the finances. And the practitioner helped her realize, and I think this was a, a hypnotic, um, I, I can't remember whether it was mediumship work or, or hypnosis, but the practitioner helped her realize that she could in fact do the books. And once she addressed that fear, there became a sense of, okay, I can survive. And so realizing that fear will steal all of your power. And you may not even be aware of it. So identify, what am I feeling? Do I feel edgy, irritable? So sometimes people will feel fear, and that fear will make them feel so afraid that that will make them feel sad. And we have actually less power in grief than we do in fear, according to Dr. David Hawkins and his map of consciousness. 
in my book, I talk about this book. They did a long-term study, many practitioners, holistic, uh, traditional doctors. They measured emotion in a muscle. It's called kinesiology. Heart math talks a lot about this as well. And what they do is they measure how emotions run through the muscle and what level of hurts this emotion has. So grief has a 75 hertz, whereas fear has a hertz of 100. So we actually have a little bit more power in fear. And then anger is 150, but it's not 150 over 75. It's 150 to the 10th power. However, it's still a constricted state. It's not a, a state of peace. There's no peace in anger, fear, or grief. And so that's where the power of courage, which is 200, starts to open us up. I can deal with what I need to deal with. Even though I don't know what it is, I know somehow, some way, I can manage whatever comes my way. And it's okay that I feel fear. So let's talk about the difference of feeling fear and becoming fear. And there's a whole difference when we say, I am afraid to versus I feel afraid because I believe the word am surrenders all power of who I am. It surrenders my identity. And if I surrender my identity to a fear, there's nothing left. I, I've given all my energy to fear. And so recognizing that on a big scale of things, no, we're not going to always have the answers not right at the tips of our fingers. We're not going to always know what's going to happen. And, and today, in everything that's happened, even with the weather, it's so easy to feel fear of what's happening with our earth, what's happening with life. And, and recognizing it can really take your power. It can take your peace because when you've surrendered all of your power to fear, there can be no peace. And so that's where the power of the mind comes through recognizing, okay, I'm here on this earth for a reason, not always understanding why. And perhaps what's placed in front of you, the challenges that you have, perhaps caring for a very ill loved one, or perhaps not knowing whether your loved ones are okay, especially in all this crazy weather, just knowing that you're going to find more power within when you create that idea of courage. We can't stop the inevitable. We can't stop the progress of life. If the life plan is to pass forward, the power of courage on our part is to say, okay, I don't understand it, but I can manage this. And then the second step is taking that step from courage to acceptance. I will say to you, and I would love everybody to know, do I cry? Yeah, I still have my sad moments. I, I don't believe that that will ever end. There is definitely a space where my heart is for Brandon. And I don't think that's ever going to change. It is how I respond when that hurt bubbles up. And it's, it's interesting because I do connect with him. And let me tell you, you all have the ability, the intuitive ability to connect with your loved one. It is not a special gift. We have just forgotten. We have forgotten how powerful we are. We have forgotten 
wow, I'm just more than this physical being I call a body. So just know that you too, I, I, I never, in all the teachings I've ever done, I've always told anybody I've taught, you too have this ability. You just haven't remembered it. You have forgotten it or you haven't discovered it. So know you can connect into your loved one. And so when I feel that pain, when I feel that deep hurt, I stop, I close my eyes down and I breathe because that helps to stop the brain. The brain is always going, it's like a machine. And what happens is if the brain is going in the wrong direction, it's like a hamster wheel. It can send me down a rabbit hole and there's nothing down there. So what's the point of going down there? And that's what fear can do. Fear can not only send us down the rabbit hole, it can make us believe we have no way out. And so where's the value in that? Where is the value in losing all of your power to fear? I don't believe that is where you're meant to be. I believe it is in experiences that you have that are teaching you more to learn about the real power of you, the genuineness of who you really are. In one instance, you can call it a remembering, remembering what you really are. So your body is like your vehicle. It is what you use to get around. But it is the essence of you, the energy of you, that actually makes you you. And that is not your body. And so that's a surrender. Surrendering into, okay, I can't physically change what is. I often have conversations with people, especially on matters that are well outside my box. And I'd say, look, I don't listen to them and I don't watch TV and I don't watch news about it because I can't change that. And I'm in acceptance of what I can't change. I can set intentions to send energy, to create light, to create higher energy. And that's where I choose to surrender in recognizing I'm not going to walk around feeling fear because in fear, I am truly, truly powerless. And so fear of death, perhaps fear that a loved one is going to die or fear that a loved one has died and you don't know it. That is a very uncertain space. And there is really very little comfort that you can find in the not knowing. There's no way I could sit here and say, oh, well, you know, just be comforted by they're okay, they've gone across. I don't, I don't think it's ever that simple because that whole state of not knowing is is very difficult. And I can speak firsthand to that. I don't know. Again, my son had an issue with drugs. Sadly, you know, we started with painkillers that led to opiates, which led to an opiate addiction. And he overdosed quite a few times. And that whole time you're living like a living hell. What's going to happen next? Oh my God, what? And there's that whole feeling of being out of control. And those are some of the worst feelings, the feelings of not being in control. Because as humans, we like to feel, hey, I'm in control. I got this. And unfortunately, that's a false sense of comfort. Um, there is no, there's no exact. And um, so just know if you are in that space where you don't know if your loved one's okay, or if you are suffering with someone who has an addiction, I, I know what that feels like. There is no power in that. Um, I do know loving your loved one through that addiction. Uh, we're not treating addiction in this country, and that's another whole podcast in and of itself. But 
um, just know that, okay, recognizing I feel fear because I don't know what's going to happen. And, and then finding, well, how can I find, how can I surrender this? How can I surrender this idea of knowing that I can't control it, but yet that whatever happens, whatever happens somewhere within me, somewhere in my body, in my mind, in my heart, in my soul, there is a strength, a, a sense of courage. I will have what I need. The earth will provide it. And if, again, I could use that word source, I will find what I need because I am a very powerful being. I am very resourceful. And I know that surrendering my power to fear will really lead me into a very dark space. And so recognizing that fear is false evidence appearing real and recognizing your resources. So first, that mind power. I do believe that mindfulness is the path to having wholeness. And so taking breath. In the book, I teach about breath. And so learning how to breathe. Your breath is yours to control. And if you need to feel control, breath can help you feel that. Perhaps putting your feet on the floor, helping you feel grounded, at least supported by the earth. Those are some of the things that we can do to help us feel a little bit more empowered. And so what happens when fear shows up? So you may feel irritable. You may feel anxious. You may feel uncomfortable. You can recognize that and say, where do I feel that in my body? And you could begin to acknowledge, okay, I know it's there. And it's at that point where you can acknowledge that even though it's in your body, it's not you because it's you who is observing that fear. It's you who's able to acknowledge and say, I see this, I feel this, but I am not this. And understanding the power of the observer because then your brain has the option to differentiate what you want to do with that information. Do you want to succumb to that fear and allow it to consume you and take every last bit of your power? Or do you want to step back and say, okay, I'm okay with that fear being there. What do I need to help me feel better? And in a, in a world of uncertainty, especially that of somebody who is in the process or in the cycle of addiction or in the cycle of everything we've just seen in the last two weeks. I know loved ones, they don't even know if their loved ones are okay. We can't change what is. And that is where we step into this power of acceptance, knowing that all is as it is. And that no matter what, there's always some sort of sense within you that knows whatever is, you can manage, you can go forward. You have the inner power, the inner ability to handle what is. And it's a matter of how you believe. It's a matter of what and how your brain goes and what direction that is. And so I encourage you to be that observer. 
I encourage you to understand that you are not your fear. I encourage you to understand what the power of acceptance can be. And I want to talk a little bit more about that power of acceptance because I've watched people who are in grief. And I know people who are several years past the actual event of someone passing. And there's a couple things that I've seen happen. In my book, I talk about re-traumatizing. Our, our mind mind travels back to that day, that time, that event. Or our mind time travels to what if and how come and what will I do? And in both ways, we're out of our mind and literally out of our mind because our mind has traveled either forward or back. And we're in some sort of virtual reality our brain is making up um, in the future or some memory of the past. And we can emphasize that memory over. And if it's a trauma memory, we're re-traumatizing ourselves over and over and over. And so I would love to ask anyone that is doing that, where is your power in that? And how are you helping you? And I do believe your loved ones would never want you to be in that pain. I know that for me, some of my solutions in dealing with that pain are books. I know I talk a lot about that in my book and on my website, Christine Marie Speaks. I have a lot of the books that have helped me because books help create a paradigm shift in our brain. It gives new information. As Albert Einstein says, you know, when you want to solve a problem, you have to go outside of the box. In other words, bring new information in. And so books can be so powerful for you if you are still living in that deep trauma. How can your brain get a different piece of information to help think just a little bit differently? Because when you can think differently, you can actually feel differently. Now, for those that we don't know, those that we don't know what's going on, perhaps in the sense of somebody who is in the addiction cycle or in a loved one that's in some sort of harm's way in some way or the other, the only thing we have the power to do is to send our love and our light from our heart. It is a surrender. And surrendering oftentimes could be associated with weakness. But when surrendering to what is, to this idea that, okay, what if there is some divine order? Surrendering to knowing I will manage and I will walk forward and be able to handle whatever comes in my path. It may not be what I want. Trust me, I would have never wanted my son's death. And, and I had a thought real recently was, well, if Brendan wasn't doing drugs, would he still be alive? And I thought about that. And I said, wow, I could really hook my thinking into that. And I could run that hamster reel for 10 years if my son was only not doing drugs. But he was. And that was that. And so I can choose to not accept it or I can choose to accept it and know that life goes forward, and that he goes forward. So um, this, this idea of understanding when you mind travel, you travel forward into the future, making up some virtual reality, or you, you travel backwards into some memory. Uh, and you, when you go back to a memory, you're actually opening that memory, and all the pain associated with that memory, and this is neuroscience, you are actually reliving it. You bring it into the prefrontal cortex of your brain and you are reliving it over and over and over. And so that is like, why would you put your hand in fire over and over? When we burn ourselves once, we learn as children, ah, not a good idea. Don't think I'll stick my hand in that fire again. But with painful memories, 
for some reason, because we're unaware of this mind traveling, because it's an unconscious thing, we find ourselves in pain. And so I invite you to just step into that observer. When you feel that pain, recognize where did my mind go? When you feel that fear, recognize, okay, what is this about? It's not me. It's something I'm feeling. And so knowing that you do have so much resource, resources, when you start to say, where's my resources? How can I empower myself? How can I feel better? Sometimes it's just a matter of surrendering. Sometimes it's a matter of closing your eyes down, going into meditation. Sometimes it's a matter of picking up a book and sometimes it's a matter of calling a friend saying, hey, I feel real uncomfortable about this. I know in my group, in my circle, I talk about something called the God box. And again, this is, I know that we're creating with a quantum source. Whether you call it the quantum source, the creator of life, the divine feminine, there is some creation going on on a constant basis. And so I will hold something in my hand and say, is this for me to handle? Can I fix this? Or is this something I have to surrender? And if it's something I have to surrender, I put it on a piece of paper and I have a beautifully decorated box. I have one in my office and I have one at home. And I write it down on a piece of paper and I hand it over to the universe. And I will ask close friends, can you please do the same for me? Can you help me put this in? We call it the God box. You can call it the creation box, the assistance box, the I'm turning it over box. Because when I physically do that, I've told my brain, that's not for me to handle. And our brains are amazing. I oftentimes will tell clients, so we have our belief systems and then we have our thoughts. And I like to connect the idea that thoughts are like two-year-olds. They can run out of control. They can be all over the house. And we would never let two-year-olds, most of us wouldn't, run all over the house. And so just because you have a thought doesn't mean it's real, doesn't mean you have to give your power to it. Um, it's one or the other. And so recognizing that there is a inner sense of you, the consciousness of you, the energy of you that actually has that discerning power to say, I'm not giving my energy to that. And so realizing and recognizing that you can look for other resources to help you take your next step on your journey, because grief is a journey and it's a journey of an unexplained, unidentified number of steps. And the saying is, it is what it is, and I can be okay with what is. Allowing yourselves to be taught, your mind to create this picture instead. And knowing that you can return into this space anytime you need. Just know that you are the director of your movie, and it is your brain that can direct you and your thoughts which will help create feelings that support you. Say no to fear. Take back your power. Step into the power of who you really are, a very empowered, energetic being. From my heart to yours, I wish you many, many blessings. Thank you for joining me, and I hope you found some comfort in this episode. For more information on the Life After Life podcast, 
and me, Christine Marie, please visit my website at www.christinemariespeaks.com. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and join us for the next episode of Life After Life. Wishing you much peace on your journey.